Welcome back, Smart First Responder community, to a mini-series created during the Phase 4 of the first challenge hosted at the Muscatatuck Urban Training Center. The first competition focus is to produce marketable prototypes that demonstrate indoor localization tracking and tracking of first responders within one meter accuracy without any pre-deployed infrastructure. In this mini-series, you will hear from many of the entrepreneurs, first responders, and team members involved that address the challenges and opportunities of Z-axis tracking from multiple perspectives around scalability, usability, affordability, and more. This challenge is administered by the Indiana University Crisis Technologies Innovation Lab and funded by the NIST Public Safety Communications Research PSCR Division. Enjoy this deep dive into Z-axis tracking, keep innovating, and let us know what you think. We are sitting here live in this Catatuck training grounds alongside Battalion Chief and CTO of Indianapolis Fire Department, Dale Rolfson. Dale, how you doing? Good. What brings you here today? Just to get a first-hand view of the technology that the different teams are putting out there for us and to help save lives or, you know, a quicker response, have a better idea of where our firefighters are located or first responders on any given incident. And in the event that something unfortunate happens, it'll give us a quicker response to locating them and pulling them out and hopefully saving them. So I heard you say the other day, you've been in the fire industry for 35 years? Yeah, June 1st will be 35 years. So you've seen a thing or two. Mm -hmm. From your experience, paint the picture on this problem. We're here, we're in the first challenge uh, where we're really looking and diving into this concept of the Z-axis, which is mm -hmm. tracking and locating. From your perspective, what for those of us who maybe never thought of this, what is this problem and why is it a problem? Well, right now, when we are running a fire ground incident, any major incident, we're relying on radio traffic as far as where the location is of all of our responders. So they may say that they're on the BC side of the structure. So where is that? You're thinking in your head, you have a pretty good idea, but where exactly are there our responders at? We don't know, we're assuming. It gives the incident commander a better idea of maybe where they need to move resources. Maybe the incident commander is seeing something, whether it's the utilization of other technologies such as drones or other radio traffic from a safety officer, safety chief, that may help them determine that they need to move those resources to another part of the structure or the incident. And so this first challenge is a cool, really unique opportunity where it's combining NIST, PSCR, Indiana University, and then all these these stakeholders. What do you hope and what do you envision will, will come out of this, this challenge? Hopefully an affordable, easy solution for our firefighters to use. Uh, when we think about what the role of each first responder is, they've already got a lot of duties that they're trying to accomplish, you know, tasks. And if you're adding something where they have to do another task, it makes it a little more difficult for them to complete their objective. And they're probably just going to discard that task. So you want something that's simple. You want something that the firefighters are going to embrace and come to trust. So as long as the solution is reliable and that the firefighters see a benefit from it, they're more likely to embrace it. And one thing that I've heard a lot from some of the team members today in, in studying some of the 
public safety industry over the time is that everything when it's sunny and the battery's charged and the technology works, everything everything's great. Yep. But it's sort of that Mike Tyson, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth and that, that those outliers. For those that are trying to innovate in public safety and are trying to understand the challenges of public safety, speak to like those unknowns and the outliers. I mean, it just maybe give me some insights to your perspective and, and how that can translate into better solutions in the future. Sure. Well, it's, I guess, like carrying something delicate around with you while you're trying to work. Do you want something delicate strapped to you? No, you don't. It's not going to last. You can't tell us to be careful with something because we're going to break it. In our job, in our role as first responders, we're trying to save a life, save property, save the environment. And if you're going to strap us down by giving us a device that is sensitive to shock or conditions, weather conditions or smoke and heat conditions, we're not going to embrace it. And with this particular problem, I've heard about it since I went to FDIC the first time in 2012, the Z-axis as the the holy grail. Mm -hmm. um, why has this been such a challenge to address? And why, frankly, why hasn't it been solved yet? Well, I think there's been solutions out there. It's been the expense of it. So one example is you could purchase a puck and have it installed on every floor of a structure. Well, who's got the funding to do that? And then how many of the buildings are covered? Then you, you say you, you buy the devices for one building. Well, it's the building next door that actually catches on fire and that you really wanted that technology for. So we want something that doesn't require extra equipment. And you want something where first responders don't have to, don't have to think. Right. They can, not that they want to think, but they don't have to spend their cognitive load on uh, stuff besides doing the job at hand. Right. And it seems like sometimes there's challenges where it's like, oh, you just got to do this, this, and that. And it's like, well, right. first, the firefighters, they got to put their PPE on. They got to understand the report of, before they even get to the situation, what are they dealing with? And if you're asking them to put on three things and, and two, two buttons and calibrate something, it's unlikely that it's actually going to be adopted. Right. In a perfect world, it would be built into something we already have, such as an air pack or into the fire gear, into the helmet, into a boot, something where they don't have to think about it. They don't have to hit a button to make it work. It just automatically works. They turn on the air pack, it, the system comes on. So we're here, we're deep into Z-axis conversations and, and obviously that's a big focus. You're active within the Indianapolis Fire Department and there's a lot going on in your city. And mm -hmm. I know there's some big conferences that we were just talking earlier, it's sort of a, a conference hub and, mm -hmm. and, and a growing population. I know it's a very fast growing city. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face and biggest obstacles that, that keep you up at night? Well, I would say one would be connectivity at our firehouses. You know, right now we're dealing with a situation where we have five meg connections in the firehouse. And here it is 2023 and we should be talking about hundreds of megabytes per second or gigabytes versus five meg connections. And then redundancy to those connections. What is in place in the infrastructure to maintain a connection in the event that one fails? So that's something that I'm working really hard on. Something else that keeps me up is worrying about 
you know, what would happen on a fire ground if we lost someone? How fast can we get to that person? You know, that's where this technology and then with uh, incident command softwares that can give you GPS locations of everyone on the scene, maybe getting biometrics on those firefighters and then environmental readings so that we know maybe where there's a dangerous atmosphere and we can kind of move people away. It helps the incident commander mitigate a situation and prevent firefighters from being lost or harmed. And what do you, you spoke about connectivity as it being a big challenge, but on the flip side is where do you see some of the lowest hanging fruit for integration of technology or adoption of new best practices and and maybe even kind of this evolution of change management? Where do you see in the next six to 24 months with something that you think is some real room for, for improvement? Well, as far as connectivity in firehouses, I think that we could utilize cellular connections. Say, you know, Cradle Point's one company where we have multiple radios in one device where we can have, say, FirstNet on one radio, Verizon on another radio, or T-Mobile or any, any of the other carriers, depending on the location of the firehouse, to give us that redundancy. The firefighters will never know what network they're on. They just know that they're connected kind of thing. So I think that redundancy is important. And we're not worried about somebody digging down the street and cutting a fiber optic cable or the copper line, whatever we're getting the, the connection from currently. And then the FDIC is coming up. So it's in a, about a month. I mean, you, you spoke on some technologies, but is there any other technology or trend that you're tracking that's something that, that excites you or that you're keeping your eye on? If I go back to the connectivity of firehouses, you know, looking at a Starlink, possibly as a redundant connection at firehouses. You know, obviously you'd have a budget concern with that, but it's an always on connection or it's a redundancy. Maybe if we can work it out where if we lose our other connectivity, where then it turns on and uh, we only pay for what we're using at the mm -hmm. time. So, Yeah, I've seen some other initiatives where it's just the idea is just like in all public safety of how can we have redundancy and resiliency? And mm -hmm. if you can have both Wi-Fi and LTE and satellite connection, it's not one or the other, it's, it's, it's all, it's, right. it's both. Just to continue to make sure that public safety officials and first responders have access to the ability to communicate anytime. Which in also includes reporting on any of those incidents, you know, any incident that they respond to, you still have to report. And if your system is down, that will delay the reporting. You might forget something. You take a firehouse that's doing 25 or 30 runs on a 24-hour period of time. You're going to forget little details that maybe if the system was up, they would have remembered. So that's why connectivity, I think, is so important and, and helps us in the event that a particular incident may go to court or something. Yeah. And kind of a final question here with a message to... We have a lot of entrepreneurs and, and startups and just emerging technology companies that are part of this community. What would you say to them? And there's, they're not necessarily just doing the access tracking, but a lot of different technology innovation. Mm -hmm. But what would your message be to companies and entrepreneurs that are trying to, to have good intentions and, yeah. and are working hard? But what would your message be to them? The first thing I would say is thank you. We really appreciate your efforts. You know, I look back at where we were 35 years ago and where we are today. And it's amazing. And I, I just can't get over 
the amount of effort that these teams are putting into solutions to help us. Yeah. So thank you. Well said, Dale. Uh -huh. I also express that that gratitude yeah. and appreciation for everyone that's that's working to make public safety safer. And and to you, Dale, thank you because it's 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 selfless first responders like yourself that that motivate me. And it's really remarkable when you think about when disasters happen or fires happen. Most people instinctively think run as fast as you can away. Firefighters do the opposite. They run towards the burning building, and that that really is a a, a true hero in my opinion and someone that has that mindset of that i'm going to run to go and help potentially save a completely stranger i've never met's life so for that thank you dale all right well thank you for your time i'm excited to see some of the outcomes of all things first and look forward to having you on some of our roundtables as well looking forward to it thanks dale thanks kevin thank you so much for listening to the smart firefighting podcast today if you enjoyed what you heard and got any value please drop us a rating, leave us a comment, or reach out to us on social media. Have a great day, and together, we can advance the future of smart firefighting.